Good morning, everyone. And the, our first reading, as I told you last week, will be coming from the prophet Isaiah, from the book of Isaiah. And uh, in this section that we heard this morning, we hear about the coming of the Messiah and the particular kind of justice and the kind of particular time of har- harmony and peace uh, that will happen. And uh, the prophets always speak the word of God particular to their time. And in Isaiah's time, remember, they were having a very difficult time, so they needed a message of hope. So Isaiah is preaching this to them. Uh, John the Baptist, or um, in Matthew's time when John the Baptist is the prophet also, and in that time was the message of conversion and repentance. You see, it was needed. Uh, Last Mass, I I gave my attention to the Gospel of Matthew and on conversion in Advent, And now I'm going to go back to Isaiah and speak about Isaiah primarily and his message. And uh, my friends, here's this one occasion when our second reading on a Sunday kind of falls in line with the first one, meaning usually the second uh, reading of of the Sunday usually is almost, seems completely different, has nothing to do with the other two readings. But here, uh, Paul is speaking to the Romans and he's giving them a message of hope. Still, And then furthermore, he says, this is how we Christians are to be acting. This is how we are to treat others. And he said, treat with kindness and fraternity in the way that Christ has done for you. My friends, in uh, Matthew's gospel, Matthew does not presume that you know that John the baptizer is the one heralded uh, that was going to herald in the king, the new, this new messiah. Uh, so he tells you quite frankly, he's black and white. This is the one in which Isaiah the prophet was speaking. When you hear this one, know that the Messiah is present or coming. And um, my friends, uh, uh, just to give you an idea how hard things were for Isaiah's time, Isaiah refers to uh, the stump. Uh, a stump is a tree that, you know, a tree's been cut and it's dead, and what's left is the stump. And uh, so in his time, uh, the stump of Jesse, Jesse is um, King David's father. And for them, this was all important. This was the lineage that needed to have. And he's saying, even though it appears to be dead, I'm telling you, from this stump will come that new king and new Messiah. Uh, in twenty-three In 22 language, uh, that would be like uh, the prophet saying, your 401ks are dead, they're gone. But I tell you, something will spring out from that. You see the impact. This tells you. We miss this detail uh, from Isaiah. This is uh, an indication of how tough it was. So my friends, uh, the prophet Isaiah, as I said, lived in a time when the Jewish people had many hardships. They had known defeat. Uh, they had known illness. Uh, it was just a terrible time. And the prophet speaks of a vision filled with hope. He, like other prophets of God, had the same kind of wonderful vision, uh, a vision of how things could be. It would be easy to question, was it really a vision? Or was he daydreaming? Or what was going on? But looking into past times and current times filled with so many challenges and wars and fears, and our world seems to be in turmoil still, as it was back then. 
one could question, should, should we even have reason for hope? Should we abandon hope? Are not these great visions of peace and harmony among uh, all peoples just perhaps wishful thinking? The truth of the matter is, is that they are not wishful thinkings and they are not things of daydreams. Uh, they correspond to the deepest longings of the human heart. I don't, doesn't matter where that human is and how they claim to be, whether they're Christian or not, I believe it is in the human heart to long for peace and for justice. And Isaiah gives us a vision of not just any type of peace and any type of harmony. Uh, he puts it forth, and now, if you were here last week and you heard me talk about uh, the glorified body and the resurrection and being able to walk through a wall, and I know most of you are like, oh, Father's done lost his mind. And as crazy as that sounded, did you hear what Isaiah had to say? The lion and the lamb are going to hang out and play with each other. Yeah, that's not, that didn't happen. And they eat, the lion eats the lamb. <laughs> they're not playing unless they're playing with their food. So this image, I mean, you see, it's, much, it's crazy to think, Father Mark talks, and listen to what Isaiah had to say. This image, this picture that he has. But my, I think it is with all human hearts for peace and for justice and for love and for mercy and for joy. And uh, this points us to the ultimate goal that God has set for us. In fact, these visions nurture our souls and our hearts. They offer us what I would call Christian hope. When we are close to despair about everything or when uh, courage has left us and we're tempted to give up on everything, this these prophets have come forward giving us these visions that they have. And the vision gives one the ability to overcome great obstacles and painful setbacks. And uh, Isaiah, like the other prophets, lived in a real world. Isaiah is not a character in a movie. Isaiah is a real person who lived in a particular time. And his world was real, and all of its beauty and all of its challenges were real. And the people of Isaiah's time were just as dismayed as we are about all the injustices that are in the world. Yet they had a vision of a new world, a world free from injustice and suffering of every kind. Through faith in God, they were able to rise above the challenges of their time as we are. Every period of time has its challenges and its tensions, but it also gives us the opportunity they pose an opportunity for us. Will we take hold of that opportunity to rise above? What saved them from despair was the messianic vision. And this is what Isaiah is putting forth for us. And their sense for the capacity of repentance and conversion that St. John the Baptizer is talking about. The ability to change. That is ultimately what John the Baptizer was talking about. Conversion of the heart, which leads to the conversion of the mind, which then leads to a different way of living. The wondrous vision of the kingdom of God where all violence has been overcome and all people, not just a certain group of people, but all people live in loving unity with all creation. This vision calls for its realization in our lives every day. Every time, my friends, we forgive somebody, Every time we make a person smile, 
every time we show compassion to someone who is suffering, every time we visit someone who is lonely, every time we take care of animals and not abuse them, every time we care for our environment, every time we work for peace and for justice among all peoples and nations, we are making that vision of Isaiah come to pass. And my friends, and it doesn't end there either. People always long for, um, we want harmony and we want peace. So are you willing to work for it then? God does not have a magic wand that he just waves over everything. That's not how it works. So are you willing to sacrifice pride and ego to work for harmony? If you want world peace, are you willing to be peacemakers? All of us. Not just world leaders, all of us. If you want a world of honesty, are you willing to speak the truth? If you want a world where uh, human dignity is respected, are you willing to respect the dignity of all people, including those you do not like or those who persecute you, Jesus said. You will love them, Jesus commanded us. If you want a world where human life is respected, are you willing to stand up for the dignity of all human life? This is part and parcel of the vision that Isaiah puts forth for us. This is the building up of the kingdom of God. And as baptized Christians, we are called to build up the kingdom of God. We may not be able to do it on the large scale, but you can do it in your little sphere, your little world. You can begin to do this. And as they connect to each other, then you see how the greater picture comes to pass. Friends, we need to keep this vision in front of us because our world needs the message of hope. Our world needs a message of love. Now. And you are supposed to be bringing that message to them. But if you do not hold on to that, if you do not have that, how can you share that with someone else? And yet, this has always been the message of Christ. This has been the message of his prophets. We need to take a look at that, my friends. We need, uh, instead of encouraging others or ourselves to run away from life or to try and escape from it, we have this wondrous vision that summons us not to run away from it, but to enter into it and then to do something. We must open our hearts, however, to this vision where the prophets cherish a world free of evil by the grace of God and by human effort, cooperation with God's grace. Jesus, in his incarnation, inaugurated that kingdom. Through his church, all of you, the people of God, Jesus continues this work. Christians must not sit around waiting for these promises to fall out of the sky, like the snow that's happening. If you didn't know, it's snowing. That's not how it works. Rather, we should understand the vision as a reality that humans could achieve with God's grace. Our current world is crying out for hope, for salvation, even though it doesn't understand that word completely. Christians must not be afraid then to work steeped in hope, not just to work frantically or with anxiety, but with hope for the building up of the kingdom of God and preparing for Jesus' second coming. It is our task to set this example as Christians. We give thanks to God for his blessing in past times and ask for his help to achieve what is yet to be done. 
Isaiah's vision lives on in our midst as a task for today and still as a promise for tomorrow. And just as it did in his time, so now in our time, this prophetic vision should instill hope, something our world needs so much of. My friends, I go back to our second reading and remind you of the words of St. Paul. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you peace and harmony with one another, that together with one voice you may glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to assist in the building up of the kingdom of heaven. Friends, I laugh because I'd, uh, when I hear this reading uh, from Matthew's gospel, where um, John the baptizer calls them a brood of vipers, <laughs> do you know why he called them a brood of vipers? He's talking to the religious authorities. He called them that because they came to the waters of baptism with no faith. They had no intention of believing anything that the baptizer was talking about. And furthermore, they did not bear any fruit of any good will. And that's why he says, show proof that you plan on something good. <laughs> I laugh because it's funny. Because uh, uh, John the baptizer, there's many things about him that's funny. And friends, it's because of the... I know in my seven and a half years with you, I tell you I read the scriptures and a movie plays in my head where I see it. But... My friends, words are powerful, and Father has made a mistake in this. It's not a movie that plays in my head. It's the gift of imagination that has been given. And all of you have it. You cannot say you do not have the gift of imagination, because even now, even now, some of you are using your imagination. I imagine Father giving a homily five minutes long. <laughs> you see, you all have the gift of imagination. Now, some people have used this gift for wicked things. That's the thing about gift. When he gives it to you, you get to use it, but we have a responsibility. But you have the ability to imagine a world where there is peace, and there is love, and there is unity, and there is harmony and there is joy, and there is laughter. The thing about that is, can we make this come to pass? The great thing about God the Father, and I'm a little bit jealous about him, is when he imagines, it comes to pass. He imagined universes, and now they exist. He imagined you, and now you exist. When he shared the gift of imagination with us, did he not also give us the ability to go for it? with his grace. So will you do this? Will you use your gift of imagination? Not for bad things. And you know how Father Mark with his sense of humor. Here's one of my imaginations. I ima you know, when Father Mark gets Christmas cards, people don't send me Christmas cards of Santa Claus and Christmas trees because I, they know that's not that. It's, for me, it's about the birth of Christ. So I usually get Christmas cards that have scripture passages, King of Kings, or unto you a Savior's been born. I imagined, using my gift of imagination, opening a Christmas card. And on the front it says, You brood of vipers, who warns you? And then I open it and it says, Merry Christmas, Father, to you and your staff. <laughs> this is the gift of imagination and humor. I find humor. In it. It's, it is scripture. Uh, and it does appear in Advent, right? 
Let us use the gift of imagination that God has given to each one of you. Use it properly. Respect the gift um, and use it. Amen? Friends, Thursday is the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. We'll have Mass at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. I make the assumption that all of you know what the Immaculate Conception means. If you do not, then you should be here on Thursday, absolutely, because then I will tell you what it means. But we'll have Mass at 9 and at 6. Fundraising Christmas and Advent wreaths are available again. They replenish the stock, so we have plenty. Uh, please stop by and help support the school and get your uh, wreath. Friends, this is as good a time as any to remind all of you that God loves each one of you, always, in everything. Imperfect as your pastor is, I love you in Christ also. I do my best <laughs> to love.